Okay, I just flipped a little switch. Cool, there we go. Hey, guys. It is, uh, hey, wow, thank you. What an honor to be here. Um, this room, I'm telling you what, y'all, this room has been church for me for over two decades because I'm old. And um, it's pretty crazy uh, just looking around here and thinking about the lives that I've gotten to know. Uh, the moments of worship where I got to draw close to the Lord's heart. Um, I first saw my wife sitting behind those drums, and she was giving her testimony uh, on this stage. 17 years of marriage, three kids in, and, uh, and I'm still kind of shook up about the things that have happened in this room. So it's really an honor to be here with y'all tonight. Um, hey, uh, who woke up this morning and was like, it's cold, right? I don't know about you all, but I like go and get slippers, gloves, stocking caps, and all of a sudden my neck hurts. Has anyone else experienced? Because all of a sudden you're doing, have you noticed like this? You're like, you can't walk on the quad like this anymore. You walk on the quad like cold and your shoulders and neck start to hurt. So can we just like, I don't know, can you all just stretch it out a little bit? Kind of roll it around. Oh, there we go. All right. Cool. Uh, and I've got a couple of questions I want to ask you real quick, and then I want you to, to maybe grab two or three people right next to you and just share some brief answers. And if you're that person who no one is grabbing, ne- and don't grab, okay. We want everyone to feel welcome here. Okay, so uh, I want everyone to be able to share briefly the answers to these two questions. So question number one, what are you most excited about in terms of life after this college experience? Okay, that's question number one. Question number two, what scares the crap out of you about life after this college experience? The both and, okay? So I, I want you to just real briefly, top of mind, one or two words that come to mind that you're most excited about, and then a few things that you're most nervous about or scared about. Uh, you talk about that real quick, and then when I get up here and say, hey, let's, let's wrap it up, you're going to honor me with that, right? Yeah, cool. All right, cool. Go. Okay. Um, hey, I wanted to, uh, to, to spend a little time and just get a sense of kind of where things are at, because I, I get the chance to go speak to a lot of different rooms of uh, people in the generation behind me, and, uh, and I ask those questions, and I, and I hear a lot of the same things uh, everywhere I go, uh, that people are both excited about this sense of freedom and being able to travel and get to kind of make their own way and uh, get to do the things you've been preparing to do and, you know, be a teacher, be a nurse, be a astrophysicist, whatever it is that um, smarter people than me do, and um, at the same time, a lot of times the very thing that people are most excited about, they're also a little nervous about what it takes to actually do that, and, uh, and so a lot of times I, I get the chance to come and try and uh, speak uh, life and truth into a lot of different types of situations, some that are Christian situations and some that are just uh, classrooms, high schools, and colleges around, and uh, you know, y'all are not alone in that. It's this both and of hope and fear. And, uh, and so I, I totally get that. And so my, I want to do something real quick. Could you put your feet on the floor? Put your hands out like this. I'd like you to close your eyes. And let's uh, take a big breath in through your nose, if you have the ability. 
and out through your mouth. That's good, right? One more time, in through your nose. And out through your mouth. All right, let me pray. Uh, God, we, uh, we hold all of these hopes and fears uh, in front of you tonight. Uh, we know that you are with us in this room. We know, uh, Holy Spirit, that you are here and we invite you here. We invite you to speak truth into us. And uh, God, as I share uh, what I believe you've asked me to, I pray that it could be a blessing uh, to everyone uh, in this space um, listening to it. God, you're welcome here. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to click this clicker. Hey. <laughs> That's fun. All right. Um, there's this phrase. I use it a lot. Part of the profession that I get to do now, my one of eight professions that I've done since I left this room uh, and just keep coming back, uh, is uh, I get to go and hang out with a lot of folks, get to have a lot of coffee conversations and uh, meals with, with folks. And Really, my job is to listen most of the time and ask questions, and occasionally, I, uh, at the end, I get to share a little bit about what I used to think, uh, but now I'm learning. And so this phrase has just become a phrase, uh, an author by the name of Bob Goff uses it in a lot of his uh, writings and teachings, and, uh, and I've just found it to be really true for me. So I'm going to ask you, every time I say I used to think, I want you to repeat after me. So I used to think, but now I'm learning. I used to think, but now I'm learning. As I was uh, hanging out with the Lord this last couple of weeks and dreaming with him about what he might want me to share with you tonight, this phrase just kept coming up. Uh, just kept coming up. And so I'm going <laughs> to, I'm like, all right, <clears throat> there's one thing I'm going to share with you guys a little bit about that. Um, the other thing that kept coming to mind was this particular photo. Y'all, I had to dig through nine boxes to find this photo. Um, I don't know about any of you, but have you, there are photos that maybe your parents have or you've seen of memories that you've had that you don't actually remember, but you remember the photo of the memory. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? This is one of those for me. It was really clear in my head, so clear, in fact, that one of my friends who I thought was in the picture and is not, I asked his wife if she could find it. <laughs> because I couldn't find it. Uh, turns out I don't have that great of a memory, but what I remembered was uh, this moment captured uh, a sort of mountaintop moment for me. Um, this was taken in June of the year of our Lord 2000. I had just graduated high school from Normal Community High School and uh, go iron, and, um, and so my friends and I, I had a group of about two or 300 students who were a part of the church at Eastview uh, and the youth ministry at that time who left and went to Southern Illinois University for a conference every summer called CIY. And this, this photo was taken on a Friday night at Southern Illinois University at the end of a CIY conference. So just kind of like we talked about the retreats, there's something that's special that always happens when we get away and we, we carve out intentional time to spend with the Lord and with others, right? And you've all experienced that, uh, hopefully, at fall retreat, and you're going to experience that if you haven't before at the guys and girls retreats coming up. But this particular moment uh, was sort of a mountaintop moment. We got to the end of the week, and we were all jazzed about what the Lord was doing inside of us and around us. And in fact, right before the picture was taken, uh, my buddy Andy, who's in the back there, and I got to uh, baptize uh, our friend Keisha, uh, someone that we've known since junior high and 
through a series of uh, things that God was doing in her life, we got to, that was my first baptism I got to like physically be a part of uh, as an 18-year-old kid. And, uh, and I've not forgotten that moment. It was really cool. And at the end of it, uh, my friend and longtime mentor here, Matt, um, he just came and spoke at Vail a couple weeks ago, if any of you are Vail people. Um, Matt, uh, he stood up and he, and he just uh, kind of in front of our whole group and was like, hey, I, I just feel like the Lord is calling some of you into full-time kingdom work. Have any of you heard that phrase before? Full-time kingdom work. Okay. I'm going to go back to you again, because you've got those eyes. Um, what does that mean? Okay, going into ministry, that was great. See, you, you doubt yourself. Okay, going into ministry and, and working to bring people into the kingdom of God, professionally, like a paid Christian, like Ben or Joe, right? <laughs> They're like, oh, don't bring us into this, Robbie. Um, in that moment, he asked that, and, and I, along with these other dudes who were all crying, uh, felt like the Lord was calling us into full-time kingdom work. Now, this moment, uh, I think about all the time. I think about it all, all, all the time, because uh, a lot has happened since that decision, and since standing there with those guys and, uh, and I think the world still of these folks, I'm still in, in, in many of their lives, uh, and, and Matt in particular, I look up to a ton. He's just been a huge mentor and discipler in my life. And, uh, and I'll be honest, this has been both a catalytic moment. Do you know what catalytic means? Like it, it launched me, and it's also been a heavy burden on my shoulders. Have, have any of you else experienced a decision you've made or a particular uh, conversation you had or something that came out of your mouth or an action that you did, and, you, and it, it is both like you look back at it when you're like, that was, uh, and that was, oh. <laughs> this moment has been that uh, for me. And so as I was asking the Lord what he wanted me to share with you tonight, I used to think, there you go, but now I'm learning, and this photo was what he gave me. So, I'm about to try and make it make sense, <laughs> okay, uh, to you. Um, recently, uh, a friend of mine gave me this book and recommended this book. It's just called With. That's the title, With. Powerful word uh, by a guy named Sky Jathani. And um, this book helped me make sense of something that happened um, inside of me uh, as a result of that night standing up. Uh, with those guys and saying, I'm going into full-time kingdom work. Um, and and he, he kind of gave me buckets. <laughs> I don't know if you guys, I'm a crazy person, <clears throat> and so sometimes someone give, teaches me something, and I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. I've been wanting someone to help make this make sense. Thank you, Sky. I think your last name is Jatani. I'm really grateful for that because you gave me buckets to put my randomness into and make some order out of chaos. And, and here are four postures that in this book that he poses out there that a lot of times for those of us who are either starting to pursue a relationship with God, just exploring it, or, or like me, have born and raised in the church and have been following uh, the ways of Jesus for a long time, how sometimes uh, the right words can be twisted and can get us just a little bit off. And so here, I'm going to share with you just real briefly these four buckets uh, and postures or motivations in terms of how we relate to, how we, how we interact with, how we have this relationship with God. 
And, and it's made sense a little bit for me. I hope it's helpful for some of you. But uh, posture number one, and this one I've realized as I was reading it, I was like, oh, that's me. Uh, so much of my life has been motivated and uh, propelled out of this uh, life for God posture. And, and, and life for God, if you just read that, you'd be like, yeah, that's a good, yeah. I want to live my life for God. That's good, Robbie. I, I should do that. What happens, though, is sometimes that very good thing can be twisted. And, uh, and I realize that I, I, I kind of made this lie up in my head and in my heart. Uh, and, and so these are my words, not the, the fancy, actually smart author's words. But um, my words are, if my life is not significantly being used to advance God's kingdom... I'm like in geometry class with if-then statements, okay? So if my life is not significantly being used to advance God's kingdom, then my life does not really matter to God. So I better make it count. I don't know if any of you relate to that. Um, But growing up in the church, uh, I'm super grateful. I have incredible parents uh, who introduced me to Jesus at such a young age that I don't know life without Jesus. Like, uh, and, it, and that's really cool. Uh, sometimes I'm a little jealous of people who got to know Jesus at a, a later age because I, 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 uh, it just, it's, they're cooler stories, it sounds like, than mine. And, um, which is, I know, messed up. Uh, but life for God is the main primary posture that I've realized. And when I look back over my 39 years of life, and in particular much of my uh, those formational years where I'm making decisions about who I'm going to be, uh, who I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, what I'm going to do with my life, have been motivated primarily out of this life for God uh, posture. And, and, I've, and I've bought into this lie. Um, and, and the words I've got highlighted there, significantly used. Here's the goofy part. This lie I bought into, um, who gets to determine what's significant or not? In my head, I'll be honest, uh, significance in the kingdom, I, I have this like fictitional staircase of higher and lower callings um, that I have made up in my head. It's not a real thing, uh, but it's how I dictate, am I doing enough? Am I good? Am I okay? Am I being used by God for God to advance his kingdom. Well, compared to that person, I'm doing more than ever. <laughs> but to that person, I am not doing enough. And I am a crazy person. I'm constantly comparing myself uh, to other people. And that's how I determine how I am, where I am, and how I need to uh, position or posture myself to God. Weird, right? But maybe some of you can relate. Uh, so that's posture number one, and I've realized so much of my life and my big decisions in life were motivated out of this posture. Posture number two, oftentimes I would go from posture one of this life for God, and I would run over here to life from God. And here's the core lie that I believe there. Because of my life lived for God, I am now deserving of blessings and favor from God, and therefore basking in the significance of a life well-lived. What a lie um, that I have bought into, and maybe some of you have as well. If I do enough of the right things, if I do the kingdom advancing things, if I, if I, I'm making fun noises, I apologize. If I, uh, if I do enough, if I'm, if I'm doing significant things for the kingdom, then um, I stand in position to maybe receive 
uh, from God. And, uh, and boy, I'm, I'm missing something with that as well. And there's, there's been facets of my life where I, I found myself coming to God from this posture. Posture number three, life over God. And a lot of times I would go life for to life from to life over God because, y'all, I got this figured out. And here's the lie that I believe because of the blessings and favor from God, I now begin to subtly believe, and again, these are words I never said out loud, and honestly, I never even really said them in my head, but I began to act as though I was God, or at least take the posture of life over God, motivated to achieve and receive all that this world has to offer, in Jesus' name, of course, Um, and this is this life over God posture, uh, I've found myself in a lot of times. It's beckoning me constantly to come and to, to do the things that feel good, that, that rise in significance in this culture, and, uh, and to still do that and say, but I'm a Jesus guy. And uh, so much of my life has been there, and, and eventually it leaves me wanting. And, uh, and a lot of times I'm convicted um, of my own sin and pride and because of this arrogant posture of believing that I can honestly live my life over God, it sends me into the fourth posture of life under God. And I'm now walking in the consequences of my pride and hubris, and I wallow in guilt and shame in a posture of life under him, believing that God is mad at me or at the very least disappointed in me. And as a crazy person, I do, I've done this cycle. I can look back over my life many, many times. Now, here's the really, really cool thing, and, and I, and I sh- probably should have said this at the beginning of it. Despite all of my bouncing around like a pinball in these different postures, God has remained constant in my life. He has remained faithful. Despite my motivations or postures, he has done incredibly more than I could ask or imagine in my life and done incredible things all around me. And he's actually even used <laughs> the head case that I am Uh, to actually advance his kingdom. Um, And I'm super grateful for that. But I'm 39 years old, and I've been following Jesus for as long as I can remember. And over the last few weeks, I've realized that I have been left wanting more. More than a life primarily motivated by a life for God. And so I feel like he's been inviting me into... um, something better than this. And so the reason I share this with you is because as you're sitting here and you, you've got these hopes for the future and what you're most excited about, as well as these fears, I just, I, I thought maybe I could share with you a little bit of my story and how God has been a part of it all along, but how some misunderstandings of who he is and what he's calling me to have, uh, have, have led me down some pretty crazy paths. And, and hopefully you can hear that and, and avoid some of these same postures and really lean into what he has to offer. And so I think about being in this room and, and, and coming as an 18-year-old from that experience, and I'm going to live my life for God and coming into this room and beginning to help lead worship and be on the leadership team here. But that wasn't enough because I needed to be significant. So I had to beat all the rest of y'all. So I would lead worship also for Chi Alpha and, and for Campus Crusade and at Eastview, because I needed to be a super Christian. Uh, I needed to do significantly more, uh, because I needed to prove that my life for God was palpable for everyone to experience. And despite my motivations there, God did some really cool things all around me. 
and I got to be a part of some really, really beautiful experiences, but it eventually led me over here to life from God, and I began to think that I had earned some of that, uh, and that I had deserved some of that, uh, which then led me into the life uh, over God, because I, I, I mentioned I, I saw this girl up here, and I, I would love to tell you that my first reaction is, what a wonderful heart she has. My motivation was how hot she was, okay? And so um, I, I, that was my primary motivation at that point in time, and all of a sudden I went from life for God, and now I'm like life from God. I'm like, and now I got this girl who was giving her testimony. Ugh. Yeah. And then I meet her and I get to know her, and we begin to fall in love, and I realize that she uh, has drawn a 60-mile radius around her hometown of where she intends to live her life. And in my dreams of life for God, I was going to go and build young life camps all over the country and around the world because of my experiences and my passions for creating physical spaces and doing ministry work. And that was the only thing in my 18-year-old brain I could shove together that I could turn into a job. So naturally, I got a bachelor's in Bible and theology with a minor in landscape design. <laughs> I am not kidding. <laughs> what in the world? And then I meet her, and I fall in love with her, and she starts to draw this circle around her hometown, and I'm like, ah, well, I want to live this life for God, and I'm experiencing all of these things, but I really want this girl, and I want, I want to marry her, and I want to start my life with her, and so I need to provide, and I need to, I need to, maybe that wasn't what God was telling me to do, and I need to, and I started making my own plans to be enough, and I, and I started to be life over God, and, um, Man, we got married in 2004, uh, and I started off as a landscape designer here in Bloomington. And I was pretty good at it. And I got to help a lot of people spend a lot of money and create some beautiful spaces. And that's not a bad thing, y'all. Like, I love driving around the community with my kids in the car now and realizing, like, I helped design that, and it still looks beautiful, and that is really cool. And I'm really proud of that. Uh, but a year or so into that, and I was like, oh, this isn't it, and I'm feeling kind of uh, in my gut. I'm like, I need to, I, I got to do something different. I got to fix this. I got to, I got to do something different. And so I went, and I was like, it must be the wrong kind of design, and I've had lots of time and experience messing around with floor plans and stuff. I should go into interior design. So I started being a kitchen and bathroom remodeler, naturally, okay? And, uh, and, and I started working on some really cool houses in town and learned a ton of stuff that I use to this day. Uh, and I did that for a year, and all of a sudden, guess what? Same empty gut feeling. Why? Because my primary lie, my primary motivation was that I needed to live my life for God, and I couldn't make a direct correlation of how the work I was doing uh, fit into my perfect picture of what significant life for God looked like. And I bought that lie, hook, line, and sinker, to the point that it was making me sick going to work. And so I needed to make a change. So what did I do? I didn't necessarily run to God. I threw up some prayers and I ran back to what I, what I know. I ran back to doing something for God. <laughs> and, and so I ran back to for God and I was like, I need to do something more altruistic, something that's more least of these, something that's more Sermon on the Mount, check box, significant, uh. And so naturally I went from interior design, kitchen and bathroom model to working in special education. Right? Whoop, straight beeline. 
You've all done it. Okay, and so I start off working as a teacher therapist assistant at the baby fold here in our community, working with kids with significant pervasive developmental delays, autism spectrum disorders. There were five kids in my classroom and I was one of four staff there. And y'all, you know what? All of a sudden I was like, this is it. I'm doing it. I'm doing the good work. Because again, I had that fictitional staircase. And let me define the staircase. Highest calling. We all know it. Just, you're all thinking it, missionary in Africa, okay? And lowest calling is like a businessman, <laughs> right? Um, and somewhere in between is like teacher, nurse, and I'm like teacher, higher than businessman, significant, kingdom, least of these, boom. All right, so I'm doing that, and all of a sudden, uh, really cool opportunities start to open up, and now I'm, I get my master's in special education, I start teaching in the public school system. When I was 25 years old, an opportunity came my way, and I got to start a school. What? I know, I still don't know how that happened. I'm 25 years old, and I start a school, I get to build a building, I get to draw that building, landscape that building, you following me? All right, and I get to create this space for kids who needed school to look different, an alternative school environment for a bunch of rural school districts here in central Illinois. And uh, man, it was incredible. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm fueled by life for God because I'm doing this for God. And all of a sudden I'm over here feeling the love from God because doors are opening for me. And I'm getting asked to come and speak and train teachers on behavioral management strategies and I'm consulting with nonprofit organizations and I'm making short films out at Google and Microsoft about how we can change education. And I'm gonna change the world and be significant. I'm gonna prove that I am doing what I said I was gonna do that night. And then I come home from work one night and my wife, through tears, tells me that she feels like she doesn't know me anymore. Right back down to life under God. And I'm, God, why? I did, I messed up. Uh, I was trying to live my, wasn't that enough? Uh, and I'm wallowing in shame and self-pity. And I'm, and I'm feeling like God's mad at me or disappointed in me. Y'all, and I hope you hear me when I'm saying this. This is not how God feels. This is not what God was calling. All the way through this, he's been faithful to me. And he did incredible things despite me. Um, but that's where I was, and that was my motivation. And I, again, I, I could go back through this cycle a few more times of just, this is what my life has been. I share that with you because I, my hope is, as you're making plans and you're making decisions, about what is next for you in terms of life after this college experience, uh, that you don't miss God's primary invitation. It's not that we do things for him or that we receive blessings from him. It's definitely not that we put ourselves over him or that we submit in fear and um, guilt and shame under him. His primary invitation to us uh, is simply to be with him. And I'm, I, like I've, I've said it like eight times now, I'm 39 years old and I feel like I'm just getting this. I feel like I'm just getting this primary invitation and heartbeat of his is really uh, that we just, we do it with him. And he's going he's gonna to do more than we can ask or imagine in the highs and lows of life, uh, but that we do it with him. And y'all, I'm a huge uh, proponent 
of figuring out who you are. I mean, give me every Myers-Briggs strengths finder, uh, Enneagram, give me all this stuff. I want to, mm, I want to, yes, I want to know who I am. I want to know what my strengths are. I want to know what my weaknesses are. I want to be able to come into a room and be like, I can do this. And I want to be able to come into a room and also be like, you don't want me to touch that. Because <laughs> I've, I've done enough careers now um, because then I've gone on and guess what I am now? <laughs> I'm the businessman. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Lowest rung. Lowest rung. Not only that, I'm a real estate developer and a tech mogul. I'm just kidding. I'm not a mogul. Um, but I work for one. And, uh, and I look at that and I go, man, um, all this time, all this time, Jesus has just been inviting me uh, ever so gently with a hand on my shoulder. Hey, um, I just want you to be with me. I want you to be with me. I want you to be with me. That's the invitation uh, that he's been sending my way. I've got a couple of uh, scriptures that I've been reading like the entirety of my life, but um, I don't know, just the last few weeks, I feel like he's given me some new glasses. You know what I mean? Where it's starting to jump out in different ways, and I just, this word with is really, really powerful. It's really, really powerful. Uh, and I'm a message translation guy, so if this sounds a little funky, that's why. But Matthew 11, 28 through 30 says this. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? We can stop right there. Um, that's, that's where I've been. I've been tired of <laughs> the pinball of all these different motivations. I've been worn out uh, on religion and checking the right boxes. Um, his invitation is, come to me. Get away, and there's that word, with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. And y'all, when I look at that photo, um, it should be a beautiful gift that I look at that photo of the friendship with those guys and the things that I was feeling that day. Because guess what? Um, whether you are paid as a full-time kingdom worker or not, um, life with God is kingdom work. Hard stop. It is. We get to bring beauty into broken places in a variety of contexts. And I've literally experienced that in almost every context, uh, career-wise, except for medical. But I married a really smart doctor. So uh, I feel like I got a surrogate degree. And, um, and y'all, I just see it. I see the lie that the devil wants us to believe that our lives don't really matter in the kingdom unless it fits this certain, uh, checks these boxes. And, and and I tell you what, this uh, anything heavy or ill-fitting on me, what, what is meant to be this beautiful moment of God saying, Robbie, I'm with you. I'm with you. I will use you, whether you are accepting my withness or not. Um, but man, it'd be so much sweeter with me than trying to do it for me. And that is... Uh, yeah, that is that light yoke in other translations that it mentions. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And so I, I share this with you because I don't want you all to feel 
the heavy burden of doing enough or the heavy burden or feeling like you've not, you're not enough and you're under him or to feel the hubris and the pride of thinking that you can, you can do life over him or that you, you just rece- he's just a vending machine that you just get things from God. There is so much more that he is inviting you to with him. Another passage that really just jumps out again, even though I've read it the entirety of my life. Uh, I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Do you see where the harvest being abundant comes from? Not from a life for God, but where? With him, right? With him. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is when you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. The fruit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, those don't come out of a life necessarily for God. Those come out of a life with him. So that's, uh, man, that's the invitation that I believe he has um, for you. Um, That you would give up these other pursuits and motivations and that you would join with him. So uh, the band's going to come up and uh, and we're going to finish out tonight with some worship. But before they they start playing, um, I used to think, but now I'm learning. Okay, so here it is. I used to think that life for God was the chief principle, was the, was the most important thing I could do in my relationship with God, in my pursuit as a Christian and as a Jesus follower. But now I'm learning uh, that he's inviting me to be with him. To be with him. And I believe he's inviting you as well. Uh, you've got decisions to make. You've got more, more school <laughs> to keep going to. I've got a few f- degrees I don't use anymore. I would love to give them to you. Um, and, uh, and, and I know there's, there's fear. There's excitement about marriage and fear about marriage. There's a desire to have a family, but you don't know what that story is going to look like, and we want to control it. And our motivations for these things are all over the map. Uh, my prayer is that you would accept God's invitation to walk with him, to let him in. And I'll be honest, tonight was the first, I've probably spoken in this room, I don't know, uh, 18, 19 times over the last two decades. And, um, and tonight was the first time uh, that I, I prepared for a talk with God. Weird, right? Now he was with me. But I wasn't cognizant of it. I was asking him for it. I was asking him to be used. I was asking for myself to be used for God, but to be with him. And, and so I'm, it, this is the journey. This is, this is the fun, uh, mystical experience that he's inviting us into. Is I don't know fully what it looks like uh, to live with a God that I can't touch and feel and see like I can see you guys. 
Um, but I tell you what, over the last few weeks as, as I've taken steps into living life with him and, I, and I've just been more cognizant of that, I, I find myself in rooms with my children and going, God, how do I be with you with my son? And when I'm with a client, how do I be with you with a client? <laughs> and when I'm with, uh, you know, a room full of people, how do I be with you with them? I, I don't, I'm, teach me. Walk with me. And it's, uh, it's been a beautiful, uh, free life that he's been offering, and, uh, and, and he's inviting you to that as well. So uh, let me close with this. I used to think uh, that life uh, for God was it, but now I'm learning uh, life with God is it. Amen? All right, would you guys stand up? Let's pray. Father God, um, thank you for your faithfulness um, to me and to those of us in this room who have bounced all over the place at different times from different motivations uh, and pursuits and ways of pursuing you, Lord. Um, but thank you for your continued invitation and your faithfulness to walk alongside us and invite us into life with you, God. God, I pray that um, you would position each and every one of our hearts um, to, not, to, to not be in the world for you, uh, but to be in you for the world. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.